When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, how's it going, everybody? So the market, I just want to keep this one simple. The market may be doomed for the moment. And um, this is kind of what I'm thinking for now. Um, yeah, is it a little crazy to think that a little pessimistic? Uh, yeah, it is. But I, I still don't see any reason to be so optimistic about the markets. And I'll tell you why I'm a little pessimistic. But not for the long term, though. I don't think it's bad long term. I do believe if you're a day trader or even a swing trader for the moment, uh, you may be out of luck. Uh, if that's how you get your living. But if you're a long-term investor, I think this is a great time. The market will be doomed. It may be doomed for just a little bit of time. But I don't believe it's permanently doomed. And that's the thing. It never really ever is. Um, but look, I have, I have been known to be wrong on several occasions. And <laughs> I'm not a Nostradamus. Never claim to be, never want to be. But I do know, uh, over time, it's just gonna... Hold on, give me a sec. I just realized there was <laughs> some shit I had to fix real, real fast. I realized my uh, Coinbase link is a little bit fucked up. It's not good. I'll try to get people to Coinbase. But no, um, so I, I wanted to say the market is kind of doomed for the moment, but not like permanent. I, I, and I'm not one of those doomsday guys. In fact, I, I rarely ever believe it's as bad as it seems. I, I will admit, though, this whole shipping crisis thing, the, the container blockage and everything, it's a little bit sketch. Um, and it's something we need to keep an eye out on. But I think for the long term, I think the stock market's where you should be and probably where you want to be. Um, it just depends on your preference and, you know, how you feel. Um, everybody's sentiment to the market is a little bit different. I'm, hold on, let's go check something real quick. Okay, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, what I'm trying to say here, pretty simple for the most part, but the way, the way you can look at the market is, God, what the hell am I trying to say? Sorry, I got distracted by my girlfriend's text message to me. She was talking about, um, going to see a movie, uh, Venom. Uh, it's like a pretty cool movie. And I said, hell yeah, I, I do like going to the theaters. I just love that movie theater or popcorn. What's that? But um, let's see. I was checking because I think I might have fucked up on my links a little bit. Let me double check here. Gain, cable, Actually, those look good. Those are good. Uh, sometimes I'm a little bit afraid of fucking up my uh my links, and I do like to double check them every now and then because I feel like I did something stupid. I I kind of fucked up on the Coinbase link a little bit because I was I was stripping the. Uh, links right from the YouTube channel uh, in a way that just made it to where it looked all fucked up. 
So I got to be a little more careful about that in the future. But other than that, uh, let's see, crypto tab link looks good. I try to like keep as many affiliate links as I can on not really like a ton, but you know, like I like making extra money. So not to be too much of a Jewish shill, you know, but I'm a Jewish man. Let's see. Oh, yeah, and I got my public link on there. So if anybody's interested in public, this is uh, something I got into kind of recently. It's, uh, let's see here. The reason I like public is because it's, uh, it's kind of like, it's, uh, as I've been saying, it's like social media kind of meets, um, what the hell is it? Social media meets, oh, bloody hell, I can't remember what. Uh, social media meets like um, stock investing, basically. It's really simple. I guess they're going to start. I think they started introducing cryptocurrencies on public, and they may even beat Robinhood to the punch and get Shiba Inu on there. So that'd be, that'd be interesting. But uh, crypto, it's still kind of a thing. I, I mean, like, I don't know if it's, I think it's here to stay. And I think if banks continue to say it's too big or it's too big to ignore, I think people will hear that. They'll be like, hey, I need to be into this, so I'm going to get into this. Um, so, I don't know, when, when sentiment like that happens and too, these too big to ignore statements start happening, you know, people people like, oh, man, if banks are all on board on this, then I better be all on board. And also with the, the latest Bitcoin ETF. Now, I think there's going to be a massive sell-off in the cryptoverse temporarily. Um, because this tends to happen when big news happens and everybody's getting involved. I think people start selling off a little bit. But I don't know why, because in the long term, there's going to be so much bloody exposure to either major cap or micro cap uh, cryptos that it would be stupid not to still keep your exposure to it. Um, uh, one thing I do have to admit, one thing I like about the whole Bitcoin ETF philosophy, the whole idea behind it, is um, it's a way to bet against Bitcoin. Uh, I mean, there are ways to bet against Bitcoin. There's options trading out there. Um but through through methodology and in different places that are a little too sketchy in my book, so that's why like I'm not always on board with uh, that's why I'm not always on board with all these uh, squeakers. Sorry, I'm distracted by the kitties, girlfriend's cats. I guess I could show you guys a picture of the kitties. Um, if you guys could even see them on the camera. Happy cat. I love this cat. Squeaky's a big guy. Squeakers. Okay, so anyway, continuing on, um, I think, and this is just, like I said, a simple, simple philosophy, um, I'm, I'm sorry if I can't really think of the words to say, but the market's not doomed. I mean, look, it's not permanently doomed. I, I really don't believe that. And look, all markets can fail. Uh, like there's a football game on tonight. Oh, yes, Thursday night football. Okay, that makes sense. 
Um, so, I mean, like, look, the way I see it, the way I view everything is through a very uh, simple lens. Um, I mean, you can either still hold on for the long term if you got stocks, even if the market's a little bit fucked for now. But look, if the market is fucked, it's going to be a great buying opportunity. You don't have to bet against the market. And this is something I like to tell everybody. Although I will admit, I'm a hypocrite. I do bet against the market, but on a very minimal basis. On a very minimal basis. I actually bet against a, a volatility index, which allows me to bet for the market because it's an inverse, right? So it's an, if it's an inverse one like the UVXY, I bet against it. And then if it keeps, if the market keeps going up, then the UVXY goes down and my put options look good. And then I buy slowly, since there's no commission trading, share after share after share as it goes down, just to buffer, to protect my puts. As odd as that sounds, usually you use protective puts to protect your stocks, but in this instance, I'm doing the complete opposite. I'm using protective stocks to protect my puts. <laughs> it's a weird way to do it, but uh, it's fun. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I need to mention. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to be too long with this episode. In fact, I'm going to keep it very, very short, very simple to the point. Um, Yeah, I love that cat. It's such a funny kitty cat. But um, yeah, and I think uh, kind of ending on this note, like in in a previous video I just made, um, we're talking. I'm talking about how keep cash on the side, and I still recommend keeping cash on the side no matter what, because look, there's gonna always be a buying opportunity to buy the S and P 500 on a dip. There's gonna be the. I mean, I still think you should technically use dollar cost averaging when when getting into uh, when you diversify, because if you diversify assets in one setting, that's nice. But if you diversify over a long time horizon, and by do, what I mean by dollar cost averaging is, for example, let's say bi-weekly, every two weeks, um, you decide, hey, I'm just going to throw, I mean, we could do fractional shares now. So you could actually technically throw down $100 into the uh, VOO, the Vanguard S&P 500 index fund, and legitimately throw down $100 every two weeks. And if you set a strict time frame, you can just keep doing recurring and recurring cycles and you still have the protection of real diversification because the S&P 500 is a pretty well diversified monster of great companies and it's 500. So also there's a low expense ratio with the VOO and the SPY. They're both SPY and VOO have the lowest expense ratio I've ever seen. Well, not ever, but there's lower, but they're still pretty good, you know, considering that you don't have to do much. And you get exposure to 500 companies. That's a good enough payoff for me. Um, but yeah, with everybody getting into index funds, uh, it's it, it pumps up the market a little bit too high. So there is, there are levels of pumping that I think is a little bit unhealthy um, for the market. But I think it's good. You know, I'm glad people are getting into the market. I think, like I said, I always believe if I was going to hold anything, if you gave me the option to hold uh cash or solid companies that pay a dividend I'll take the solid companies that pay a dividend every day of the week sure the growth be not the greatest nah but there's going to be dividends so I'm down eventually the appreciation will be bigger and better and it's it's just stocks will grow because of inflation obviously well I mean 
okay, if you calculate it after inflation, there's not much growth. In fact, they did a calculation after inflation. I think it's like a real growth in like the S&P of 100 is like maybe 5%, like straight up in real, real value. Because inflation actually fucks things up quite a bit. So um, before, I won't even say before inflation, because it looks like on paper, it says it's a 10% average gain. But in all actuality, if you factor in inflationary forces and the effect it has on uh, when you're a consumer as well, you're really only getting like a 5.1 or 6% uh, overall gain in real actual gains. So it's it's a pain in the butt. Inflation sucks. And I mean, you still get gains and you're still and still I will say this. It is um, stocks in real estate or a real way to protect your ass against the inflationary forces. We're printing way too much money. And that's just something we got to we got to really accept and really talk about. Um, on that note, let me see here. See if my boy Nathan's texting me. But yeah, I'll keep it on that note. So, um, see if there's any other notes I want to talk about here. Keeping it simple, keeping it easy. Felt like I was going to say something else on this one, but, uh... Yeah, um, and I was going to go back to my note. Yes, I play both sides of the market uh, pretty effectively. I do play like a hedge fund, but it really, I don't recommend it for everybody. It takes a level of insanity, a serious level of insanity, and a little bit of luck initially. But you usually ends up working itself out in the end. So, But seriously, though, it takes a little bit of insanity to begin with. So that's why I just say keep cash on the side. Just seriously, just keep cash on the side. Um, not too much. Sometimes they might, and I'm having trouble with this one. Cause a part of me that wants to suggest to everybody, Hey, 40% stocks, 60% cash sitting in your brokerage account waiting for the next buy. But a part of me is also like, well, look, there's going to be inflation for a while. So if you really want true growth over time, well, let's diversify in stocks with 60 stocks. Yeah, I'm not sorry. Sorry. 60% of the portfolio in stocks. And then let's say 40% in cash. And I sometimes I do think having too much cash is a little bit bad because look, cash, I think saving, letting cash sit in your port, in your brokerage account is almost the same as, um, it almost feels like saving money because sitting on cash is bad. It's just, it's just bad practice. So, but you still want to have cash on hand. That's the thing. Because look, when, when, when everything goes on sale, don't you want to be able to get things at the best discount? So that's the way I look at it. So if I was to ultimately, and I kind of changed my tone a little bit on the last video I made, because I was wrestling with this. I wrestled with this philosophy a little bit on how much cash is too much cash to keep on your, your brokerage just sitting there. Um, I still think 70, I think 70% stocks at this time and 30% in, um, in cash is reasonable at this point, just because uh, government's going to print money. Cash is getting more and more worthless every day. Um, yeah, working assets an asset that'll work for you. They'll pay you a dividend too. So it's like, eh, it's a win-win situation in my book. And plus there is extended growth over time. So, I mean, you balance it out, it kind of all works out in the end. So anyway, though, I want to thank you guys for viewing this episode. Um, just feel free to, uh, comment, give me some input. I like to hear the different perspectives, check out the podcast, obviously. And 
Uh, look forward to making more content. Later, guys.